Welcome to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pamela and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Make sure you check us out by clicking on the Harshman Travel Radio Show link on buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. You might have a chance of working with them in their business ventures and your travel plan. So listen in and enjoy the journey. Now on to our Building Fortunes Radio Show with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Let's get started, Peter. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. It's a Friday night. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Every Friday at 8.30 Eastern, we do this radio show with Pam and Ron Harshman on Harshman Travel Radio. If you go to harshmantravel.com, harshmantravel.com, you'll be able to see a great website that Pam put together. And uh, you'll also be able to hear some of these radio shows that we've done previously on Building Fortunes Radio forward slash uh, com forward slash Harshman or Harshman Travel. Well, when you go there, you'll be able to hear, uh, like I said, different uh, things that we've done with radios. And the way this whole thing got started is Pam was a customer of ours, and I was always very impressed when, whenever I spoke to Pam. She was always really good at being very thorough in follow-up, following through, asking questions, knew that she just inherently cared about the people and the customers that she had. So when we were building Building Fortunes Radio, which is over a decade now, um, I said, you know, who else can I have as a guest speaker? Pam was certainly one of the first people that I spoke to. And I told her that this is what we were doing. And she said, oh, you know, we're going to be moving in a different direction, not the traditional MLM or home-based business company like that. We're going to become travel agents, me and Ron or Ron and I. So I said, huh. And then I said, well, maybe – since a lot of people in home-based businesses, if you look at their wish list, their goals list, you know, if you look on their uh, bulletin board or wherever they might be able to put their pictures of their dreams and desires and goals, it would be more travel. So we should really have our own travel you know, agency, if you will, on Building Fortunes Radio. So we decided to do this. So every Friday at 8.30, this is what we do. Now, I think especially in the world of incompetence, where you expect incompetence, like you understand mistakes, but you expect incompetence wherever you go when you're dealing with something. I said, you know, I want you guys to have the same level of confidence in Pam and Ron as I do. So we start off the radio show where we go through their backgrounds, and then we take a commercial break, and then we come back where um, Ron's going to give us some of the good news in the travel industry. And I am so pleased to say over the last couple of months, uh, towards the tail end of 2020, 23 and especially now into 2024 the second half of the radio show has a lot of really good information about what's going on in the travel industry so let's do the intros we'll go to pam first ladies first pam thanks for being here on your own radio show hi peter thanks for having us again it's been a long time we've been doing this a long time it has been yeah i know crazy anyway i bit about my background is I started my working years as a 911 dispatcher up in the Pacific Northwest. Loved my job and slow but sure moved myself up into court administration and was uh, uh, very happy there until I met my husband who unfortunately lived farther away than I could travel. So we... Uh, uh, I ended up moving down to sunny Florida to be with him and uh, start a new life down there. 
and down here, I should say now, because I'm here. But uh, once down here, I didn't want to start at the bottom of the ladder again, so I was looking for something that I could do primarily uh, independently and from home if possible. I ended up getting my realtor's license followed by my broker's license and sold real estate in South Florida for several years, but that just wasn't my niche, and so I went back and got my life and health insurance license, and I sold Medicare supplements to the senior population. I absolutely loved it. I loved going and traveling and answering questions for the seniors because uh, as we have aged and getting up there myself, uh, your decisions about your health care to me is one of the most important decisions you're going to make. And so when people start um, getting at that Medicare age, there's a lot of questions because that's got to carry them through the rest of their life, you know, with pre-existing conditions and stuff later on. It's not easy to switch around. So um, I really felt good about what I was doing, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun. I would go to uh, an appointment and be greeted by a table full of older ladies set all up for a nothing short of a tea party. Uh, and sometimes I'd go and it would just be a couple or I'd have two or three couples there. Uh, it didn't matter to me, but uh, it was always the unknown that made it fun. But at the same time, I was getting those carrots dangling in front of my face on my Facebook news feed and all about the home-based businesses, MLMs, and uh, I was very intrigued. I did try several of them. I had a couple losers in there, but for the most part I had winners, but I learned so much. It's a whole different ballgame, and I did. I truly learned a lot that even enabled me to get our website up and running, and uh, you and I met. Yeah, I was a customer of yours, so that was also a positive, and we've been friends ever since. So it was a win-win all the way around. But one day I was out on my travels, and I had a girlfriend call me, and it was took me totally by surprise. Out of nowhere, she just asked if Ron and I had ever thought about becoming travel agents. And... It hadn't been, it was really fluky, seriously. It hadn't been but maybe a week that Ron and I, prior to that, had been uh, talking about traveling. We were empty nester baby boomers. We had some disposable income, and we were both in a position to make our own work schedule. So we were kind of comparing bucket lists and where we wanted to go and, you know, kind of, itemizing it out and prioritizing to see where we were going to go first. And uh, so when she brought that up, it just blew me away, and I couldn't wait to get home and talk to Ron about it. Once I did, we started doing some research on the Internet and uh, listing pros and cons, and ultimately, obviously, we jumped in and got all the education we could get our hands on. And... Uh, got the proper licensures, and ultimately we have probably done a whole lot more traveling than we would have done otherwise. And at the same time, 
we have helped an awful lot of people with their travel plans and uh, uh, trying to stretch their travel dollars at the same time. That was until the C word, COVID hit. And once COVID hit, the whole travel industry shut down worldwide. So we were kind of left talking about it. But uh, things are back up and running stronger than ever, which I'm sure Ron's going to uh, fill you in on later. But, uh, yep, we are happy. It's up and going good now. Excellent. Okay, good. And Ron, over to you. Hey, thanks, Peter. Good to be uh, with you again. My background is uh, very different from Pam's. I spent many, many years as a licensed clinical psychologist, very heavily involved, obviously, in my own clinical work, but also chose to become involved in the self-regulatory aspect of the profession. When I first got involved, a very good friend of mine, a teacher and a mentor, uh, suggested to me that she really felt I should uh, become active in the Provincial uh, Association of Psychologists. She uh, felt that I had a lot to offer, and she also felt that it would be good for me uh, professionally and personally to uh, get involved and uh, really see all the stuff going on uh, behind the scenes that uh, most uh, professionals are never become aware of. Uh, and it's... Uh, turned out to be very true. It doesn't matter what profession you talk about, whether it's uh, law or dentistry or medicine or whatever, uh, most professionals uh, get involved. They join their uh, national uh, association uh, of uh, like professionals, and uh, they may attend uh, an annual conference or something like that, but that's really the, expense, uh, the extent. They pay their dues, they're a member, and uh, all that uh, is, is a whole ball of wax. Uh, very, very few uh, professionals really get involved in the behind-the-scenes uh, heavy-duty uh, workload of uh, the whole self-regulatory aspect. And uh, I followed her advice. I did get... Uh, involved in the Provincial Association. I was up in Canada at the time and um, got uh, elected to their board of directors, sat on ethic boards, etc. cetera. Uh, but I followed that by uh, very soon getting involved also in the National Association, the Canadian Association of Psychologists, and uh, got very heavily involved there, was uh, fortunate to be elected as chair of the applied division of that uh, organization, uh, sat on the uh, board of directors, uh, chaired the uh, ethics committee, and uh, very heavily involved in all of the self-regulatory aspects, working with the uh, governmental agencies, etc. Really opened my eyes because, uh, as I said, very few professionals get involved in that the behind the scenes stuff. And it's amazing to see, especially sitting on ethics boards and dealing with uh, professionals who have uh, really crossed the line in some respects and uh, done things that uh, have ended up even costing them their license. But it, uh, it was a wide awakening thing for me. I was very 
thankful that she had uh, pushed me in that direction. And at the end of my career, I was uh, very, very fortunate. I was elected uh, as a, a lifetime honorary fellow of the Canadian Psychological Association. So it uh, it really uh, was a an eye opener, but I felt good about uh, my contributions there, and uh, felt good about what I was doing. In terms of my own clinical practice, uh, I was very fortunate in both my undergraduate and graduate school years to have a couple of uh, professors who really stressed the point that if we were even thinking of going into private practice at any point, it would be very important to first gain as much uh, varied clinical experience as we could working with different clinical populations because they made the point that when you're in private practice, you uh, you know hang up your shingle, you let people know you're seeing patients, you really have no uh, control over who's going to call and make an appointment to come and see you, what their life situation is, what they are needing help with, etc. And it was uh, a very factual uh, statement that uh, if you are totally unaware of uh, the life stresses that they are going through, the, the uh, uh, situation that they are facing, you can end up doing a lot more harm than good. And I, I really took that advice to heart and made sure that uh, before I went into private practice, I had been working for pretty much every one of the social service delivery systems. So had gained a lot of experience in uh, corrections and drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, workers' compensation, uh, you know, uh, retardation, uh, hospitalization, psychiatric hospitals, etc. And uh, when I went into private uh, practice, I really felt uh, very prepared to do that. When I uh, was involved, it didn't take me too long before I started really specializing, working with young couples, young families, and um, working with that population, doing a lot of premarital counseling, a lot of marriage counseling, sexual counseling, etc. you end up seeing a lot of these young couples uh, who basically uh, have grown up in the uh, throwaway society. You know, if it doesn't work, throw it away. And unfortunately, they have that attitude towards their marriage. So as soon as things start to go wrong, they throw the marriage out. And unfortunately, a lot of the immature ones uh, will see fighting over their children as the last battleground where they can possibly uh, really hurt their about-to-be ex-spouse. So I ended up uh, very quickly ending up in a lot of uh, court cases, a lot of family uh, law, uh, custody disputes, and because uh, that was a very, very newly developing arena, up until the time I got involved, this had nothing to do with my involvement, it was just... Uh, time-wise, time the uh, same timing. But up until that time, it was pretty much a pre-drawn pre conclusion, both in the Canadian and the U.S. courts, family courts, that if there was a young couple going through divorce and there were young children involved and there was a custody dispute, uh, that custody 
would almost always go to mommy, visitation to daddy, and although that worked in many cases, we were starting to see many, many cases where not only was it not working, but it was really uh, a very negative and uh, harmful decision. And thankfully, the courts uh, were recognizing that, and uh, both in the Canadian courts and the American courts, the decision was made that going forward, any time there was an issue of uh, custody and access um, dispute, that the decision rendered by the court had to be in the psychological best interests of the children involved, no more pre-drawn conclusion that mummy gets custody. And uh, because of that, it uh, afforded the opportunity. Uh, I was one of several uh, clinicians who got together and decided that it would be very important to have a standardized approach to doing child custody investigations who should be interviewed, what the uh, evidence should be that you are looking for, uh, how did you make a decision to be able to clinically go in and recommend uh, you know, custody here, uh, access there, and how could you present that in court. And uh, I was very, very fortunate to be uh, in a pretty small group of uh, professionals, both uh, clinical social workers and clinical psychologists, that uh, were responsible for putting together a standardized program for doing that. And uh, I spent an awful lot of time uh, involved in doing that in court. I was one of the first psychologists in Canada to be appointed by the Supreme Court as an expert in child custody. And as things worked out, I ended up after several years in the Canadian court system doing this uh, kind of work I ended up uh, moving to South Florida and getting involved with a forensic psychiatrist who was doing a lot of work in the South Broward uh, courts and in the Dade County courts, and uh, I had the opportunity to introduce the whole system of child custody investigations uh, and ended up being the first psychologist in both uh, the Dade and Broward County court systems to be appointed as an expert in child custody uh, matters. So that was very, very rewarding. It was obviously very, very taxing, very heavy work, because uh, you know, in many cases, uh, you really uh, saw some pretty heavy-duty stuff. Uh, a lot of times it was fairly straightforward, but there were those cases that were very, very heavy. Anyhow, after Pam and I got together, we weren't together for that long before we decided to semi-retire. We moved from southeast Florida over to southwest Florida, got involved in raising alpacas. As Pam mentioned, she got involved in home-based business, multi-level marketing. And although I wasn't involved in that at all, I was very supportive of her doing it. But when she came home and said she really wanted us to talk seriously about becoming professional travel consultants, it was just something that grabbed both of us, and uh, we looked into it, looked at the pros and the cons, made the decision if we were going to do it right, we would do it the right way. We would get all the proper training, all the proper licensures, etc. but we would also spend the time and energy finding those travel vendors that we felt comfortable working with, supporting, and representing 
because uh, as is uh, true in any uh, arena, uh, you have those vendors who uh, are really out to uh, just do whatever they're doing to make a buck, and you have those other vendors who are really concerned about giving their clients uh, good value for their uh, travel dollars. So it was important for us to find those travel vendors, and as a result of our efforts in that arena, uh, I ended up uh, meeting with a number of the top executives of uh, several of the uh, cruise organizations, and uh, we really have ended up being able to do a lot more travel uh, than we ever would have been able to do ourselves had we not become travel consultants, and we've also helped a lot of uh, people make the most out of their travel time and money. So, uh, again, uh, become a little verbose. I will apologize for that. We will take a break and uh, come back with some really good news. And we're going to be right back. Sit tight. You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle. This special segment can be heard again with almost any device connected to the Internet by going to buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Listen in often and get to know Pam and Ron. Go to the buildingfortunesradio.com website to listen in to the show. No matter where you're at in life, you can benefit by listening to and by working with Pam and Ron. Let them book your next cruise, vacation getaway, or group event. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio and witness their ability to pursue their dreams in the field they love. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the Harshman Travel Radio Show. And we're back. Peter Mingles here with Ron Harshman. Ron's going to give us the good news in the travel industry. So over to you, Ron. All righty. A lot of interesting stuff going on this week. Again, uh, really showing that the uh, travel industry has certainly come back from the uh, COVID fiasco uh, much bigger and stronger than ever before. Uh, on a somewhat negative uh, note, uh, but it's uh, unfortunately the uh, reality that we're presently living in, uh, Royal Caribbean uh, is involved in their ultimate world cruise, and uh, they are presently going around the world. Uh, it's a long um, trip going to uh, many, many ports, many, many countries, etc. And they just uh, decided that because of the problems going on in the Red Sea, they actually uh, had a, a vote on board with the uh, clients on the ship asking them about doing an alternative itinerary and they voted to do an alternative around Africa. And uh, they're saying with 18 ports of call in Africa and Europe, the new route includes exotic destinations such as the Seychelles, Madagascar, and Mauritius. Um, and they're sailing from Dubai to Italy via South Africa. And that's a 43-night segment of the uh, trip. And that's from May 9th to June 20th of 2024. And uh, Royal Caribbean said that they gave their passengers five days to vote. Uh, and it was going to be their vote on the uh, change of itinerary. And uh, they uh, came up with this. 
and uh, they said that they were approximately 90 days away from the impacted itinerary, and they said they just needed to make a decision about what they were going to do. So um, they uh, made that decision, and uh, they again offered passengers a 25% uh, prorated refund of the segment of the cruise uh, in the form that uh, you know, they are not going to be able to take. And um, this uh, cruise departed from uh, Miami in early December, and this is a 274-night journey. So when you think about uh, going on a cruise, and people are going on a two- or three-night or a seven-night or a longer one of 14 nights, 274-night cruise, uh, over 150 ports of call in 60 different countries and seven uh, continents, including Antarctica, Asia, South America, and Europe. So uh, that's what happened in terms of the Red Sea that is affecting a good number of um, itineraries, a good number of bookings that, uh, in all cases, the cruise line is coming out and saying that in, uh, in deference to the safety of uh, their passengers, their uh, staff members, etc., cetera, uh, they're having to make uh, alternative itineraries and just avoid that area, and uh, they're talking about doing that really for the good part of, uh, of this year. So we'll see what happens. Okay, on a more positive uh, note, the tourism minister for Malta announced that 2023 was a record year for the number of visitors exceeding the 3 million mark and uh, the, uh, that figure surpasses the 2019 figures uh, pre-COVID by 8.3%. So it just uh, proves um, that things are coming back much bigger and much stronger uh, than it certainly was predicted during the COVID years. Um, and uh, I'm just very happy to see that uh, all of the discussions, Peter, that you and I had, the prognostications that we were making about how it would all turn out uh, are really proving to be uh, very, very uh, on point. And we are really seeing um, the entire travel industry, but in particular the uh, cruise industry, uh, coming back much, much bigger and, uh, and stronger than um, they were before. Um, at the same time, Bahamas Ministry of Tourism uh, announced record-breaking visitor arrivals for 2023. They say that they had 9,654,838 visitors, and that that represented a 38% increase over 2022 and a 33% increase compared to the previous 2019 record. So uh, again, we are seeing uh, just tremendous 
uh, increases. Uh, they said that the 2023 result reveals a 17% increase in foreign air arrivals, totaling 1,719,980 visitors, compared to 1,470,244 in 2022. So just over the year, you've got that 17% increase in foreign uh, air arrivals. Uh, Cruise arrivals saw a surge with 7,934,858 visitors in 2023, and that was up 43.5% from the 5,530,462 in 2022. So the Bahamas uh, tourism people were, were very happy. Their comment was, the Bahamas has not only surpassed its targets, but has set new benchmarks in the tourism industry. These figures are a testament to the hard work and dedication of everyone involved in our tourism sector the irresistible charm of our islands, and the friendliness of our people. So again, we're seeing more and more indications of how the travel industry, and in particular the cruise industry, uh, affects not only the people who are traveling on the cruise, not only the passengers, not only the uh, crew members, uh, or the crew, uh, the entire cruise uh, company organizations, but uh, the ports of call and the people and the uh, the economy uh, attached to uh, these different ports of call, and it's just uh, really nice to see um, how it all continues. To, uh, to really blossom. Uh, Holland America just announced that their 2026 Grand World Voyage will be a 132-day cruise going out of Fort Lauderdale, and it will span all seven continents, including a special four-day Antarctic experience. Uh, so they are saying that the uh, tour will visit 47 ports across 39 countries, traveling as far south as the Antarctica and as far north as uh, Oslo, Norway. And uh, they, they said that they asked thousands of past guests and travel advisors for their opinions about the perfect grand world voyage and they uh, are saying that uh, this particular itinerary has to be one of their most thoroughly researched routes, even for a world cruise. Uh, Highlights of the 2026 Grand World Voyage, in case anyone is interested in signing up for that, 47 total total ports in 39 countries across seven continents, nine overnight uh, calls, Rio de Janeiro, um, Brazil, Papate, Tahiti, Sydney, Australia, Bali, Indonesia, Singapore, Malay, Maldives, Safaga, and Alexandria, Egypt, and Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, so again, 
lots of things going on. And a special bonus for people signing up for this right now is a $2,000 onboard credit uh, per guest and a uh, Wi-Fi surf package and more. So anybody who's interested, definitely give us a call. Okay, uh, a couple more uh, realistic and attainable things that we can talk about. Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines uh, celebrated the naming of its new ship, the Carnival Jubilee, at a uh, February 24th naming ceremony in Galveston, and they named Gwen Stefani as the ship's godmother. And uh, she was there. Uh, they had a 45-minute uh, ceremony, and uh, after the celebratory lunch, uh, Gwen uh, Stefani uh, treated them all uh, to a private concert, uh, singing different hits, including Just a Girl, The Sweet Escape, and Hollaback Girl. And uh, she spent the day on board the ship and uh, met the captain, and uh, the uh, president of Carnival Cruise Line made the comment. I think it was very appropriate. I know she has been honored in so many ways for her music with numerous awards and a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And now she has a ship. She's also put uh, giving back as an important focus in her life, especially to a number of children's causes, so we are truly thrilled to have Gwen as the godmother of our flagship, Carnival Jubilee. And just along that point, uh, and this is something that Carnival has done for quite some time, uh, they made the anno- uh, announcement, Christine Duffy made the announcement, after meeting its 2024 goal of raising $33 million dollars For St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Carnival Cruise Line announced that the company has set a new pledge goal of $50 million by 2030. And uh, this is uh, just part of uh, what they are involved in. Uh, And Gwen Stefani was involved uh, in the naming of the, the ship. Uh, at the same time that they uh, announced um, this commitment uh, to uh, raising this money uh, for St. Jude's. So uh, obviously there were many uh, uh, comments made back and forth between the St. Jude people and the Carnival people uh, praising each other and thanking each other, but I think it's a really uh, remarkable um indication of how uh, Carnival, uh, and they are not different from any other of the cruise lines, but uh, have set a goal in terms of community giving back, and uh, they are doing uh, their best to constantly increase uh, what they are doing and, uh, and how they can have a a significant impact uh, on the different uh, ports that they visit and the different people that are involved um, in the whole cruise industry. Interesting uh, announcement by Viking, which is a uh, started out 
as one of the major river cruise companies in Europe. They then ventured forth and started doing some ocean uh, cruises as well uh, and uh, doing expeditions uh, on top of that. Uh, and the announcement was recently made that uh, they have filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, to have a $500 million IPO. So if you're looking for uh, an opportunity to invest in something that is very likely going to grow very, very big and be very, very um, positive in terms of growth, uh, keep your eyes open. The uh, IPO has not been announced formally, but uh, there are all indications that the application has been submitted to the uh, SEC, and uh, I would expect that uh, that we will get a, a formal announcement that it uh, is open for investors uh, pretty soon. Um, last uh, couple last things. Um, Princess Cruises has uh, just uh, put out their latest love boat um, look-alike. Uh, it's a 4,300-guest love boat ship. It embarked on a 10-day Grand Mediterranean cruise round trip from Rome, and it will take guests to visit Naples, Italy, Crete, uh, Greece, Kusarisa, Turkey, Athens, Greece, Sicily, Italy, Mallorca, Spain, and Barcelona. So, uh, again, we're seeing more and more itineraries that are uh, being uh, manufactured to, uh, to make cruising that much more uh, of a, a new experience opportunity for, for people. Uh, I know I'm over time, so one last announcement that I thought was kind of cute for those people who think nothing ever happens to um, just regular folk doing nothing. Uh, it was announced that the uh, Virgin Group founder, Sir Richard Branson, Virgin is a cruise line that they've got running, uh, but Sir Richard Branson surprised uh, passengers when he walked on to a Delta flight heading from Atlanta to San Juan, Puerto Rico, and he announced that Virgin Voyages and Delta Airlines teamed up to surprise 160-plus passengers with a free cruise aboard the Brazilian Lady to celebrate the ship's launch in Puerto Rico later this year. So people wow. who were on that jet or on that plane uh, going to San Juan uh, had no idea, but they uh, were given a free cruise. And I'm sure uh, there are a lot of people and a lot of families who uh, are very happy. So um, more power to them. Anyhow, lots of good news. Uh, again, the Red Sea issue is... Uh, hanging in the air. Uh, we really don't know how that's going to evolve or how long it's going to be an issue, but we are seeing more and more itineraries being changed because of that. 
But in spite of that, we're also seeing many, many positive things going on in the uh, cruise industry. And uh, anybody who's interested in seeing uh, what they can put together for a short vacation, or if somebody wants to go on one of these world cruises, uh, be sure to give us a call, and we'll be happy to do the research and let you know your options. That would be incredible. That would be... It is. It really is. Yeah, just incredible. So um, for those people that are listening in, we're going to be back. If you go to buildingforgeradio.com forward slash Harshman or Harshman Travel, you'll be able to hear this as well as the other radio shows that we've done. And make sure you check out harshmantravel.com, harshmantravel.com. So, Ron, we're, believe it or not, two months down into 2024. If you're planning your holiday vacations, it's not too early, so especially for next year. Believe it or not, that comes up kind of quick, so make sure you check them out, harshmantravel.com. So, Ron, I'll let you wrap it up. All righty. Everybody have a a very, very good week. Get ready for upcoming uh, holidays and vacations, and uh, we even have to look forward to uh, time change coming up pretty soon. So That's great. Good news. next week and have a good week and a safe week thanks everyone have a good one take care bye bye you've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website to hear previous radio shows with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingles and I want to say thanks for listening and ask you to spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.